Some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Now, nonstop sports talk continues with news and analysis from the lead writer of 1045thezone.com. Not the hero we deserve, but the hero we need. This is the Big Six. It's going to be you. With your host, Jason Martin. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Good Friday to you. Welcome in Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. Happy birthday, Zone. We've been downstairs in the performance studio all day long. I'm back in the main studio upstairs, ready to broadcast the Big Six for you, only here on 104.5 The Zone, completing our sixth week on the air. It's episode number 24. Thank you for being a part of this movement. My name is Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. You can follow me there. Our telephone number six one five seven three seven one zero four five. Last night, the NFL preseason really started. Not the Hall of Fame game, but the preseason really started. And the national anthem was played before the start of each game. Some people did things. Some people didn't. Some people said things. Some people didn't. And that's all I got to say about that. Anyway, I'm watching Baker Mayfield last night, and he's throwing a couple of touchdowns. Saquon Barkley breaks off a 39-yard run to the outside. Pretty stutter-step move. Nice bit of patience on that run. Lamar Jackson runs for a touchdown last night in Baltimore. And other things happened as well, including Marcus Mariota taking the first-team offense for the Titans, sands Corey Davis down the field for an opening drive touchdown And then the defense immediately gives Brett Hundley a chance to look like he was Aaron Rodgers on the very next possession. My observations, before I start talking largely about preseason football in general and what it reveals about us as fans, and if you have thoughts last night, if you want to talk about what you saw, or if you didn't watch, why didn't you watch or why don't you watch, you can at 615-737-1045 or on Twitter at jmartzone. Mariota did look good. Nine-play, 71-yard drive. Capped it off with a four-yard toss for a big six. Nick Williams might have been the star of the night for the Titans. Caught one for 38. Was involved on a few other big plays in the first half. Harold Landry with the bend move. Got himself a strip sack. Showed great effort. Jayon Brown, terrible moment defensively on that first touchdown in the red zone. But then gets an interception later on. Darius Jennings catches the first touchdown for Mariota the season. LaShawn Sims, pretty good out there, included a really nice play where he spoiled a touchdown at the end of the first half that was intended for Valdez Scanling from Brett Hundley. Robert Spillane was definitely active out there, several tackles, got too active once, got a flag that there was no real wiggle room there with the new tackle rule. Overall, that rule is going to be really frustrating. Maybe we'll end up talking more about it on this show, probably not tonight. I still expect we're going to get balance once we get fairly early into the regular season, and it's going to be overcalled in the preseason for a couple of reasons. One, to get everybody in the league in terms of the players 
understanding that it's going to be taken seriously and they do need to be careful out there. And then number two, they're going to call it and then they're going to figure out, they're going to sort of correct. The pendulum will swing to the other side. I don't think this is going to be as big a deal as some, although there are going to be some very questionable calls at times with the running backs and some of the rule is going to be interpreted differently in certain games than others, and that's going to be frustrating. But unfortunately, that's how officiating goes. Speaking of officiating, ton of Titans miscues and penalties last night that made a boring game even less enjoyable. Pre-snap mistakes, and those are the things that led me, ladies and gentlemen, when I was calling high school football games, which I'm going to be doing a couple of times this year as well, to put out the disclaimer for the first few weeks in particular when I'm calling these games, that we're going to see a lot of procedure penalties. We're going to see a lot of basic mistakes that are going to cost teams yards and rhythm. When you see it in the NFL, though, even in the preseason, I'm sure it annoyed the heck out of Rabel. Blaine Gabbert didn't impress me last night. He has not impressed me at camp. He still looks like Blaine Gabbert to me. Jamel President, pressure on Hundley led to that Jayon Brown interception I mentioned. Then he gets hurt. He's been waived. That's unfortunate. Good showing for him, but he was waived today. Dane Crookshank, as soon as he landed, there are some times when you don't know how serious something is. Like Cyprian, I had no idea that that was going to turn out to be as serious as it was because I did not see what led to it. All of a sudden, I just noticed he was down. Turned out it was non-contact. Had I known that, I would have thought, okay, that is probably worse than I thought. But then there are injuries where as soon as the guy lands, you're just, oh, no. Let's hope that's not as bad as it looked. Sometimes you think they're going to be serious and they're not. Sometimes you don't think they're going to be serious and they turn out to be very, very serious. But those are the observations from Cam. So again, my lasting impression on the evening was split. Not just with the Tennessee Titans, but but overall. I watched a good bit of that game. Probably a third of the way into what I did watch. I'm sitting here wondering, my, wondering why is it I'm not watching something else? Why am I not doing something else? Like, I mean, it's football, so that's the answer. But I remembered again that there are far too many preseason games to fill basically five to seven spots on any given team. There's chances for injuries, and then there's starters that I kind of want to see play well, but I also want to see wrapped in bubble wrap at the same time to be protected. We saw football, basically, but I'm left thinking what I think every year. I don't really like this as an entertainment property. I tweeted out last night from at Jmart Zone, where you can follow me, that somebody should develop an app that displays a banner notification whenever players of note enter preseason games. A few of you liked it. Some people called me names because it's Twitter. And because, look, they made a valid point. It would be an app with about a month of shelf life. That's not wrong. But there are a lot of apps that are fads. If you can sell ads for a month and then pivot to fantasy or pivot to some other football-related subject matter, you could still probably make a little bit of money doing that, but fair enough. Point wasn't totally invalid. Larger issue, though, is preseason football is just close enough to football to make you mad it isn't actually football. Darius Geis, torn ACL on a sixth carry last night. Joe Breida and Marion Mack, both injured last night as well. Dane Crookshank. In our game, went down badly on his shoulder after going for a loose ball on special teams. Now, I'm not going to sit here behind this microphone and rail against the preseason and call it the cause of all these injuries. But there's no doubt it does enhance the risk. But the thing about it is, things can happen anywhere. 
you can turn an ankle walking through Target. I can fall down the escalator at Green Hills Mall. If you want to see a ridiculous list, how about some of the Major League Baseball injuries that we've seen through the years? In fact, you know what? I'm going to save you the trouble of actually Googling this. I actually pulled some of this up earlier this afternoon. I've heard these stories for many years, so I just grabbed several of them that I could find. Just listen to some of this. Wade Box missed a week after straining his back while trying to pull on his cowboy boots. In Atlanta, utility infielder Randy Johnson several years ago, not that Randy Johnson, dislocated his thumb putting on his socks and spent six weeks on the disabled list. George Brett, yes, that George Brett, broke a toe running from the kitchen to his television. How about Glenn Allen Hill of the Toronto Blue Jays? He fell out of bed and crashed into a glass table after running into a wall. Why? Because he was having a nightmare that he was covered by spiders, and he has a gigantic phobia of spiders. Reliever Steve Sparks dislocated his shoulder while ripping a telephone book in half, emulating some motivational speakers that he had heard recently. There's the Joel Zamaya story we all remember. The Tigers reliever, 2006 playoffs, strained his wrist. Why? Playing too much Guitar Hero. Francisco Rodriguez, 2014 spring debut, delayed due to a foot injury. That sounds normal enough. Until you hear this, he was walking barefoot in the backyard of his house in Arizona and accidentally stepped on a cactus and several spines lodged into his foot. They had to push his debut back and trainers, it says, it took weeks after this happened and they were still pulling cactus spines out of this poor guy's foot. And then, this one's terrible, Carl Carl Pavano after a pretty bad 2012 where he was injury-plagued, was shoveling his driveway, snow shoveling his driveway over the winter. He slips and falls, and the handle of the shovel jams into his abdomen. He didn't go to the doctor for four days, and then he felt a sudden wave of abdominal pain and nausea. Found out that he had lacerated his spleen and had been bleeding internally for four days due to this shovel. His lung collapsed as well. He gets rushed to surgery. They have to remove his spleen, Six and a half liters of blood were drained from his chest cavity, and he retired because of this. Guys in baseball have injured their hands, cut their fingers on metal salad tongs. We've seen neck injuries that have cost like six weeks of the disabled list from guys using rolled-up towels instead of pillows. I mean, it's utterly ridiculous. If you watched Hard Knocks on Tuesday night, If you remember when they were going over Baker Mayfield's contract, there was this list of liability concerns and things that he could not do. And I'm sure that's standard in a lot of contracts, especially big money deals, skydiving, bungee jumping, things like that. The point here is injuries can happen anywhere. We're all idiots and our bodies are sometimes bigger idiots and they just don't cooperate and just weird crap happens sometimes. However, when you're out there for four preseason games and you're engaging in competition and you're out there and you're trying to sharpen up and you're trying to impress because that's the nature of the mindset of the professional, the risks are going to be higher. Darius Geis is a kid taken in the second round by the Redskins. Hyperextended knee at LSU that he he and the team chose, okay, let's not have surgery on that last year. And then last night, boom, goes his ACL before he finished his first cup of coffee for Washington. And that's really sad. But overall... And we'll carry this over to the next segment. 
not just injuries, but the purpose of preseason football. There is money to be made on tickets. Believe me, you saw that crowd last night in Green Bay for the diehards. The merchandise selling, the concessions, the money made on parking. And that's not to even speak of the TV contracts and the language written into them that guarantee X or Y amount of coverage or number of events. But as a fan experience, the reason that app idea that I had about let me know when somebody I care about enters this preseason game and somebody I care about can be defined as a Baker Mayfield, a Saquon Barkley, a Lamar Jackson, a Sam Darnold, a Josh Rosen, people like that. Or, you know, guys that may have been traded that you might want to see for a minute on their new teams. But the reason that that idea came to me last night was mainly because so much of this Fugazi football is dull as a doornail. And we waste a ton of our time with it because we're so starved for the gridiron. And this is how I'm going to carry this segment over to the next segment. Because I had the pleasure, as I do very often, of talking to Coach Mack. I'm talking to Dave McGinnis in this building earlier today before he went on with 3HL. And I asked him about preseason football. And I asked him, how many games does a team really need in terms of the preseason? Because I've always been like, eliminate the preseason, take it down to one game, take it down to two, it's boring. And he kind of agreed with me, but he also said something that made me think and kind of changed my thought process. And that is what I think you'll find fascinating in the next segment. I realized, listening to him, what I think I already knew, but maybe not to this degree. And it also relates to what I think was misplaced anger at those who went to Nissan Stadium and did not see the most exciting practice last Saturday. And that's this. I now realize that it's not for me, and it's not about me. It's for them. We'll be right back. Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. <laughs> Welcome back, Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. Jefferson Starship, Jane, here on a Friday for you. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. Follow me there. 615-737-1045. Do you watch preseason football? Do you care about it? Why, why not? You can answer those questions if you'd like. I'm going to get back to this topic here in just a second. But I want to rail on something for just a minute that I ran into, that I continue to run into on all the various sports websites, which is LeBron James is coming back to Cleveland with the Lakers on November the 21st. Oh, look at this slate of games on Christmas Day. Oh, look, Warriors are going to play the Rockets. I don't really have much to say here except to say this. Schedule releases. This has got to go. It makes more sense in the NFL because, one, there's less games, and, two, you don't play everybody. But there are 82 games in an NBA season. Everybody plays everybody. This does not need to become a news headline every time the NBA schedule is released months before the season starts when it's not like we're not going to see every possible matchup between every possible team in the NBA. There is a lot of wasted space on major sports websites in this country. But I digress. Like I said, I realize now, and I think I always knew this, every year you get excited and preseason football starts and then you realize about a quarter in, yeah, okay, cool. Let's get to the regular season. But it's not for me. I'm sitting, I'm sitting here last night 
in this morning watching this game and I'm thinking, what is the exquisite take that I have today about Titans Packers preseason game one 2018 that is just burning a hole in my pocket like my last $20 bill? To age myself, I'll talk about you know, what's that CD that I kind of want, but really I just want to get rid of this $20 bill because why would I have this $20 bill when there's a new Soup Dragons album I can buy? But the answer to this question really is nothing. And without calling out anybody directly, I went and read a few articles on the game, like many of you did, I'm sure. And I stumbled on one that said, Marcus Mariota goes two for three on the opening drive and the first team offense scored. And as a result, in the very next sentence, Mike Vrabel might just be around for a while. It was one drive in a preseason football game. And Marcus did look good. I mentioned that when I went through some of the things that I paid attention to last night watching the game. Folks, I tweeted this out last night from Ad J. Marzone. There are no hot takes in this world quite like preseason NFL hot takes. These are not just hot. These are Harry and Marv home alone McAllister family doorknob hot takes. These will burn the very flesh off your hands. And then you walk into the house and they will burn the very flesh and hair off the top of your head. Saquon Barkley runs for 39 yards. Fit him for a gold jacket now. The Giants might win the NFC East. Next three carries went for about a yard each, but that's fine. Baker Mayfield throws two touchdowns. He must start over Tyrod Taylor. Let's not forget the fact that in his first series, the only one, by the way, when he was against the ones, Baker and the Browns went three and out. I was impressed with Baker Mayfield last night, but slow down. Jayon Brown, wrong-footed, can't cover the one guy he's out there to cover on that Packers touchdown play over by the sideline, and he's garbage, according to some social media folks. I find all this utterly hilarious. Baker Mayfield looked pretty good out there, and that was a silky run that we saw from Barkley. Jayon Brown also had an interception last night. But just like hard knocks which is what I was talking about on Wednesday on this show. We didn't really learn anything other than how a few guys looked for a small, brief snippet of time on one night. And what I remembered again in that moment is that preseason football kind of sucks. And it really doesn't have any perceivable influence to us on a team's success or failure once we reach the regular season. And I say to us because, again, when I spoke to Coach McGinnis earlier and just kind of asked him flippantly as I was putting together the show, you know, how many games does a team really need? And he said, you could probably do it in three. And I was hoping he was going to say two or one or none. But he talked about what the preseason is and what it's not. What it is is make sure everything organizationally is right on the sidelines, especially for a new coach like Mike Vrabel and new staff. Make sure operationally things are the way they're supposed to be. Everything feels organized. And then on the field, not trying to win games, obviously, you are out there trying to place various players in the most pressure-filled and sometimes awkward positions that you can so that you can see how they react, what you might need to do, and whether or not you need to continue down that pathway. You put them out there once, it doesn't go really well. You make sure that you put them out there the second time as well to see whether or not there's any progress there. It's situational in the preseason. 
Completely situational, as a matter of fact. It's for them. It's not for us. It's not great entertainment. People are still going to buy tickets, and they're still going to watch it because we love football in the United States, but it's really not for us. It's for them. Now, this might be a bit off track, but that'll happen sometimes. I read an article last night. I stumbled onto it, and it was more of a political or social commentary, but I think it was more just overall about society. It's written by John DeVore, and he's written in a lot of places through the years. He's a super liberal guy, but he's also a pretty funny guy and matter-of-fact about his opinions. The name of this article is, I don't believe we hate each other as much as we're told we do. Mainly the article, and I've talked about it on this very show before. If you've been here since day one, you've heard me talk about this before. It was mainly in reference to what social media extremes and biased TV news on all sides makes us think about one another and also makes us think others think of us. And the only reason that I bring it up in this discussion is that we, and that includes me, believe me, it is a daily fight, need to try to find a way to avoid the knee-jerk reaction stuff and actually be thoughtful enough from time to time not to open our gullets five seconds into somebody's career. You can say, what I said in the last segment, hey, you know, Baker Mayfield looked pretty good last night without immediately feeling the need to proclaim him the best in Brown's history since Bernie Kosar. He may well be. We saw one half of football from Baker Mayfield last night. The extremes are the problems with social media and society writ large. And preseason football is tailor-made for the extremists because the games are largely boring and they're largely uninteresting on a consistent basis as pure entertainment. So we have to sit here in the media in particular and read into every little thing to find content. I hope that I don't become that kind of host, and I hope you'll call me out if I do become that kind of host. What I read into last night is that Marcus Mariota and the Titans look pretty good on that one drive, but I have no idea how they're going to be during the season. They should be better. I think Matt LaFleur has an offensive scheme that fits Mariota well with the RPO and definitely with the play action. Where I, I pulled, called those stats out a couple of days ago to you where pro football focus showed that in the play action, Mariota was outstanding compared to the rest of the league. They just didn't use it enough under the old scheme and under the old regime. But if I had to choose today, I'd say an 8-8 eight eight season. Schedule's tougher than it's been the past few years. It's Vrabel's first year. It is new schemes, and it might take some time. The potential's there, but if you watch any of last night and have some kind of proclamation about good or bad in the long run for the Tennessee Titans based on a preseason game, you're being ridiculous. Kaharski, over at paulkaharski.com, does this insane article series where he has some comment on every Titan that plays in these preseason games, and I say insane because it's a ton of work, not, not based on quality. I'm just saying, good gracious, he's writing about 100 guys. And all of that just gets added to our information banks. That's all this is. That's all the preseason is on our end. We're not on the staff. We don't know exactly what they are looking for. We know what we're looking for, and we're just trying to get information. And if we see a good play, maybe it goes into the information bank. But we're not going to remember a whole lot from last night. We might remember Landry Sack. We might remember Jayon Brown on that first drive. We might remember Malcolm Butler. Who cares? And we might remember Nick Williams. 
and how he played. But truly, preseason football is just kind of sort of there. You try to make it count in your mind, but I'll bet a lot of you were like me. Even though the rating was up 39%, television rating, I mean, from a year ago, how much of it did you actually enjoy as a fan? The point is, it's not for us. It's for them. Even if you pay to go see it, it's not really for you. And this was one of the reasons I want to rail about all the people that were upset that that Nissan Stadium practice last Saturday was such a waste of time. Yes, it was a waste of your time, but it was an NFL practice. It was scheduled that day for special teams and situational football. I saw the actual schedule. I knew what they were doing from play to play. But folks, there's a difference between a practice and a performance. Now, could you have changed the schedule and could it have been more exciting? Sure, but it was not for you. Just because it was at Nissan does not change that fact. They were at work. They were, the doing, they were doing the things that they believed necessary on that day to be prepared when the season comes around. And there were a lot of media types that were tweeting out that were upset about that practice being boring and not revealing much. It's practice. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about practice. Allen Iverson was actually right. And just like that was practice, this is preseason. It's for the coaches and for the front offices and for everyone to get these rosters down to the required numbers, see who plays, see who can play, see who doesn't play and who can't play of the ones that are up in the air, certainly. But I did remember last night, it's not that much fun to watch for me. And it just made me want to get to that regular season. And it showed how much I'm obsessed with football, considering how much of it I did watch, considering how little of it was entertaining. And when you see these injuries, and there will be more, no doubt about it, unfortunately, tabling a preseason game without adding more regular season games might be something we can consider. But Dave McGinnis changed my opinion. Originally, I was going to say two. He said that the teams need three. If they need three, and Dave McGinnis says that, I agree. I think four is too much. I don't think it's ever going to change, but I think it needs to. Fugazi football as entertainment is fun for about a quarter or so, but we really learn virtually nothing from it because it's not for us. It's for them. We always look at things in terms of, what are you going to do for me? Well, if you're a fan of one of these teams, you're just hoping that the what are you going to do for me is a long-term proposition about wins when they actually count as opposed to us having fun in the short term. Never give up the ultimate for the immediate. It's a lesson in life for you. 615-737-1045. What did you see last night? If you want to comment on preseason, I see we got one guy. We will talk about that next. Big Six, 1045 The Zone. So, traffic. Hope your Friday is rolling along. Hope some of you made your way to the performance studio. Here for birthday bash of the zone. 15 years. Long time. Wouldn't be here without any of you guys. My name is Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. Ryan Mudd behind the glass spinning the dials radio style for me tonight. So I laid out there in the last couple of segments my thoughts on preseason as a whole. And I laid out some of the things that I noticed in the Titans first preseason games. And I also said, look, after talking to Dave McGinnis, I kind of felt differently about the preseason. But one of the things that he also talked to me about, and I've read in other pieces, is that maybe we do away with a couple of games and do more of the inner squad, inner team scrimmages. You know, like where the Titans are going to scrimmage up with the Bucks. 
maybe that becomes a preseason situation instead of an actual game, and you can do things more specialized or whatever. There are certainly ways that you can do this because what we got, we actually got some pretty decent highlights last night, but it's going to be a drip. It's not going to be a constant flow, but there's going to be a whole lot of content surrounding that. And when you give me 30 good minutes out of 36 hours, which is how Mike Tanya wrote it at Bleacher Report in a pretty good article earlier today, that to me is where I'm just like, man, how much football did I just watch to see Saquon Barkley for about two minutes and run off one run that breaks Twitter into people thinking that he's the next Barry Sanders. Doug and Jolton joins us next. If you'd like to join us, 615-737-1045. Doug, how are you? Hi, how you doing tonight? Great doing show, good, Doug. Man, I love it. Thank you, man. I appreciate I that. I, love it. I love it. I just got a quick point. Um, sure. I'm a, you know, I'm a 20-year season ticket holder there with the Titans, and I've never been to a preseason game. And what gets me is that you know, what you described tonight is, you know, that I have to pay that full price, the same price as I would pay for a week 17 game that actually means something where, where you would see Aaron Rodgers and you would see Mario to battle it out all the way through the end for a playoff spot in week 17. I pay the same price for that as I did for last night's game, you know, if it would have been a home game. So that's the only part that gets me is that I don't know how to work it, but I just know that. I shouldn't have to have to buy it, but I do because it's part of the package. But you don't so, go. You just you no, just have, to, have you just pay for to, it and don't go. Yeah, I've never been to a preseason game. I, I work with a lot of people that I just give them. You know, they don't they can't go. They can't go, and so I just I give them. And some people I know sell them that I work with. You know, and and some people go, and that's fine. It, whatever floats your boat. But you just have no interest. Re- right. If it's not the real deal. You're going to see Mario on one drive, and that's it. Now, next game, maybe two drives, maybe till halftime, you know, or whatever. And you know, I just got to pay the same price that I pay in week 17 when you know all them starters play the whole game, and the game actually means something. And you know how the fourth quarter is. That's oh, yeah. when those guys they turn it up in the fourth quarter, man. That last night's fourth quarter, ooh, that was hard to watch, you know. Yeah, no, no. you make a good point. Hope you have a good weekend, Doug, and thanks for the kind words. Yeah, like, I mean, having that as part of your package and either having to get rid of those tickets, I would love to know, I would love to see a full survey of all the people that have season tickets for various teams in the NFL and how many of them actually attend the preseason games that they have to as part of you know, their experience as fans. And how many of them try to move those tickets or as Doug did. And that's a nice thing he's doing to give those to coworkers who, you know, might not be able to go like he can go. It's expensive. I get emails all the time trying to give me season tickets. And uh, those people don't realize that even if I had that money, I don't know that I would spend that money. Bill in Portland, how are you? Hey, doing good, Jason. How about you? Doing good, Bill. Uh, Jason, I just got, I got a comment I guess goes along with what you're saying. I go back to Aaron Rodgers. It's R E L A X. All right. Yeah. It's it's the first game. All right. What you're trying to do, and I think uh, last night was a good indication of it. What you're saying, you're trying to do everything right on the sidelines for all your coaches and head coaches, and make sure that you can get play calls and communication back and forth. You're uh, yeah. You're going to run the uh, first team out there, and you're going to score a touchdown. Great, and they run their. Uh, first or second team, uh, Hanley and what have you, but 
and score a touchdown. But then after that, you're really faced with that thing of you've got to reduce some time from 90 on down to 53 players. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to say what you're, uh, or you said what I think is really it. Put people in positions and see how they respond and what have you. Is it, is it a time to get panicked because you lose a preseason game? Heavens no, all right? And the only thing I'll disagree with what you say is you said something about uh, playing more against each other, inter-squad games, and that sort of thing, and perhaps gotten the time of the preseason games. I think things like uh, we're doing this week, playing Tampa Bay, yeah. uh, you know, here, and then finally in a game, I think that's good because having played a little bit of football back when, you always hated trying to beat up on your friends, all right? And so I think that's kind of good. So really, I guess my overall thought was, yeah, a lot of guys shine, a lot of guys difference. A couple of guys stood out that I didn't think might have a chance of making this team, like Wormsley, all right? And then other guys who I thought maybe would be good ball players couldn't. The only downside to the preseason games to me is injuries, and obviously they happen regardless whether you're playing preseason or regular season. But that was my thoughts on the game. Just relax. It's part of the growing process of the Titans, and uh, we've still got a lot of time left before we uh, take to the field when it counts. You're right, Bill. I appreciate that. Bill in Brentwood. I'll get another Bill in before we get a break. Bill, what's up? 20-year season ticket holder like the prior guy prior to the prior guy, Jim Hart. Um, they're going to get their money whether they charge you for those tickets or not. Yeah. I know the Steelers do tier pricing. You know, they make those games that are more important. If, uh, you know, the Steelers are playing the Pats, it's going to be a higher price ticket than a preseason game. Sure. But they're going to get their money. If they if they charge you 20 bucks for a preseason game, then that means a $90 season ticket is going to be 120 So they're going to get their money one way or the other. I think preseason serves a purpose. I think it's real game time. I think there's a lot of guys that aren't the 52 final guys that uh, that need that time to be able to, to make the team. So that's my take. All right, Bill. Good input there. I mean, the preseason is basically a dress rehearsal. If you've ever done a play, even if it was in high school or middle school, you got to make sure that you're placed in the right spots. And we saw, like I said, pre-snap mistakes last night. The things that you want cleaned up that you don't want remaining and lingering once the games actually start to count. But you want to make sure that you're walking out from backstage at the right time. And that if you're directing it, that you know where your people are and you know when they're in the wrong place and that your communication system between each other is optimal. There are a lot of little things like that that operationally create efficiency. And that goes in business or whatever. Whether you're on the you know assembly line and everybody's doing their part, but you still... You know, it takes a little bit, a little bit of time to gel, and when you're in the preseason, you can kind of find a way to expedite and make sure that you're doing everything as efficiently as possible. It's not great entertainment, but again, the point is we are really selfish, and I am one of them as entertainment consumers, especially minute by minute entertainment consumers that now can watch, listen, and do whatever we want on our own time, as opposed to when it was scheduled. That's why TV Guide is no longer a thing. So we just have to remember sometimes that there are important things going on that might still not be for us. Preseason might be one of them. We may have seen the best night of the preseason in a while last night with some of the new guys playing, not just obviously not with the Titans necessarily, 
But with everything else that was going on, especially that Giants-Browns game, we got some highlights out of it. Maybe we shouldn't be as hateful about it as we are. we got one more segment on the other side. I've got thoughts on Tiger Woods. We've got Craig in Bellevue. Hang with us, Craig. We'll take your call on the other side as well. It's the Big Six, 104.5 The Zone on a Friday. segment of the week here on the Big Six. Stick with the zone tonight. Fox Sports Radio follows me, but then at 9 o'clock, Lions and Raiders, and I believe it's actually the Raiders feed, which means Brent Musburger and Lincoln Kennedy, who you hear on the weekends here as part of the fellas on Fox Sports Radio. But hearing Brent do some games tonight, or doing a game tonight, that, that interests me. We've been talking a lot about the preseason, not just the Titans, but just overall thoughts on the preseason. Let's talk to Greg, uh, to uh, Craig, rather, in Bellevue. Craig, what's up? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, doing well. Yeah, um, just wanted to say, you know, I, I agree with you completely. Uh, preseason football sucks, but I think it's a necessary evil. Sure. And I do think, I do think that you got to pay the players that are not going to make the roster. You got to pay the people to open the stadium. You got to do all that stuff. And in the end, it's sort of like dating. I mean, yeah, I mean, you want to get to that relationship, but the kind of weeding out of the, the potential people that you have online, if you will, uh, to be your eventual partner is kind of the process. And I think that it's, uh, it can be fun if you look at it that way. I think that's interesting, and it's a good analogy, and it's one that I wish I had come up with myself. Nice work. Enjoy the weekend, Craig. I want to shift gears on the way out. PGA Championship suspended today because of hail. There was a hailstorm in St. Louis. <laughs> and Tiger Woods struggled and then started to make a comeback, had some birdies, starting to play well, and then his round gets cut short, which destroys his rhythm. But it's time to face facts about Tiger Woods. He had the lead with nine holes to play at Carnoustie. What he is right now is a really good player, a PGA professional with a chance to win like anybody else. But he's no longer anything particularly special, except that he's Tiger Woods. He's more Gretzky from the Rangers at the very end or Michael Jordan with the Wizards. He's still capable, but betting on him right now is not brilliant because it's an individual sport. It's not team-oriented. His back became a huge subject of discussion at Firestone. All of a sudden, when his game went awry on him Saturday in Akron, he's not picking up his ball with the spryness of someone with a healthy set of discs anymore. You heard that coming from CBS. He doesn't look comfortable. Uh Uh-oh, he's in pain. I love Tiger. I've said many times, he's probably my favorite pro athlete ever. I never miss a round of his unless there is absolutely no alternative, and even then I'm usually making sure it's DVR'd. But I also really like pro golf in general, and I I care about a number of those players, and I follow their careers in tournaments relentlessly. Love the PGA. Spieth, Fowler, Rory, Adam Scott, Justin Rose, Justin Thomas, DJ, Jason Day. list goes on and on. Matt Kuchar. I still remember him wiring that uh, Georgia Tech lid in the Amateur years and years ago. Probably still didn't have hair. Now you got Tommy Fleetwood out here. New exciting players all around the world. But I guess what I'm getting to is that we still pay attention to Tiger, but we need to stop going nuts over a good round when it comes to him. It's time to actually start winning tournaments. 
if you're a Tiger. Or he's now just an attraction and not necessarily a dominant player. I said earlier this year, I didn't think he was going to win another major because I've yet to see him put four good rounds together. Whether it's not being able to drive within the zip code of the fairway or not having the touch on the greens, he has not been able to put it all together for four rounds. So I'm going to keep rooting for him because he's Tiger Woods and I love him. But I'm also of the opinion that at this point in his career, at his age, with that back, and honestly, for the first time in a long time, he's a guy that might actually not feed on the pressure like he once did. He was always a front runner. Rarely, if ever, coming back. Bob May at the PGA might be the only time I remember it, and he had to deal with Rocco at Torrey. But now he's a guy that seems to play best when he's behind, when the expectation's lower. And I'm wondering if he actually gets anxious now when he gets close to the league or when he gets close to the leaderboard. This is a new Tiger Woods. You can say he's back, but if he's not winning tournaments, he's just in the mix. And that's enough for us that love golf. But let's stop with the moral victories or the progress hopes. He's still good enough to win. It doesn't mean he's going to. There are a lot of great players that never won one major. He stopped a lot of those guys the way that Jordan did with the Bulls. Talk to Barkley or Malone or Stockton or anybody else. As of now, I'm not going to alter my prediction. Sure, he can win another one. I hope he does. Maybe he pulls it off this weekend. That would be an awesome comeback story. My money's going to be on the field by and large at every tournament. Golf is really hard. And the field has caught him and in a lot of ways has passed him. And now he's trying to hang on, and that's why it makes for such great drama. On the way out, let's make you smarter. One of those rookies in the preseason people paying attention to, Josh Allen in Buffalo, threw 60-yard passes, ones that went 60 or more yards twice last night. All other NFL quarterbacks have attempted that only 17 times in the last 12 years only four of those were completed no one was close to either one of these so you drafted a dude with a cannon but if it's not complete who cares clear eyes full hearts can't lose god bless and good night fox sports is next